Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Tracy Jones. Welcome to the Tremendous Leadership Podcast, Leaders on Leadership, where our guest today is the one, the only tremendous Anne McNeil. Anne has found success as a speaker, as a coach, as an author, and as the president and CEO of one of South Florida's few African-American female-owned construction companies. She started MCO Construction over 40 years ago, and it is still one of the leading minority firms in South Florida. You're not going to want to miss Anne's perspective on what it takes to pay the price of leadership. You're listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Tracy Jones. Welcome to the Tremendous Leadership Podcast, Leaders on Leadership, where we pull back the curtain on leadership and talk with tremendous leaders about what it took them to pay the price of leadership. And today, I am excited to have the tremendous Anne McNeil as our guest. Anne McNeil has had success as a speaker, a coach, and an author. And that all stems from her ability to create a blueprint of success and accumulating the right materials to use in order to lay a firm foundation to help people build upon their strengths. She's going to talk to us all about her businesses, but Anne is the president and CEO of one of South Florida's few African-American female-owned construction companies, MCO Construction. And MCO was founded 40 years ago and is still one of the leading minority forms in South Florida in the area of construction management and project control. She's worked on a ton of flagship projects in South Florida, such as the Miami Airlines Arena, the Marlins Ballpark, the Miami International Airport, the Science Museum, the Children's Courthouse, and many more. And I am just, I could not be more excited, Anne, to have a leader of your county Caliber talking with us today. So thank you for being our guest. My pleasure. My pleasure. Awesome. And Anne, can you tell us about how you first came into the sphere of all things tremendous? I mean, we are pretty new in our connection, but you go way back, don't you? Oh, I tell you the first time I met Charlie Tremendous Jones, I actually had taken my 12-year-old daughter who had become a professional speaker and her coach, yes, she branded herself as the baby billionaire. That's another show for another day. Oh my goodness. The baby billionaire. And she had learned how to invest early and learn how to analyze stocks. That's another show for us to talk about. <laughs> but anyway, so her coach, Dr. Tina Dupree, who is also known as a chicken lady said, well, you've got to take her to the National Speakers Association. The only problem was that at 12 years old, she didn't drive. So she, we live in Miami, lived in Miami, and she, you know, we could drive to Orlando. So I had to drive her. Now, prior to this, I always was the person who was going to the conference, you know, being mm -hmm. a business owner and all of that. And so, but to drive my, my, you know, 12 year old to a conference of adults. So, and it's at Disney. So I took my grandson. So, as we walked into the hotel, this is the World Marriott in Orlando, uh -huh. for the National Speakers Association Conference, I saw this man with a bear hug of another man, and all I could see were feet dangling. Now, this is my introduction to Charlie Tremendous Jones, okay? So all I could see was feet, this, we're in the lobby. We walked right into the hotel, 
And I see this man, in my, I'm five feet even. And this man looked like he was seven feet tall. Of course, your dad's not that he tall. He was tall, yeah. He was tall. And it, but he's holding another man and he's got a, he's got a bare, you know, <laughs> you know the, you know the grip I'm talking about, oh, man's yeah. hand. And he's just swinging him back and forth. Now, later on, I found that the man that was in the grip was Simon T. Bailey. And the man who was held, you know, who was, who was swinging him was Charlie Tremendous Jones. Oh but I did not goodness. know that. So I just thought this was a very weird place. And I did not know if it was the place I wanted to have my daughter. Well, let me tell you this. The end of the conference. Now, I, I went to Disney with my, with my grandson and his friend. I paired my daughter up with Dr. Tina Dupree and the other attendees. Mm -hmm. On the very last day, I decided to buy all of the audio recordings as a guest because I didn't participate in the conference. Okay. Casey, I want you to know the following day, this is summer, the following day I'm at my desk and my phone rings in the office. I pick up the phone, I'm a small business and I was very small that time, during that time. Mm -hmm. So of mm -hmm. course, I'm the president, the secretary, the, you know, made, clean up everything. I pick up the phone. I said, you know, good morning. Thank you for calling MCO Construction. And the man on the, I never told you this story. The man on the other end of the line said, this is Charlie Tremendous Jones. May I speak to Ioni, please? Exactly. It was your dad calling my 12-year-old daughter. Are you kidding me? I am so serious. Oh my goodness. Exactly. I never told you that story, but you asked me to give you my Charlotte Tremendous Jones oh, introduction. Man, yes. Incredible. Yes, ma'am. And I want you to know that 12 year old daughter ended up becoming number one in the United States by the time she was 17 years old. She ranked number one in the United States in an award called Girls Going Places out of 5,000 girls, she ranked number one for her business called The Baby Billionaire, where she speaks on how to analyze stocks and how to invest. My goodness. And your dad was a part of that success. I never told you that story, but Man, that is absolutely he was a beautiful. part of, yes, and she never missed another National Speakers Association conference from that. And so that was my introduction to Charlie. And I mentioned to you before this program started that uh, at one point, I'm going back many years ago, he also introduced me, this was before we knew Nito to be the Nito, Dr. Nito. Yes, yes. He introduced me to Nito and he shared with me because I was starting a mastermind organization, the International Mastermind Association from the book, Think and Grow Rich. And your dad said, Anne, Nito is the best person for you to talk to about how to actually organize the association because he's helping us with NSA. Mm. And of course, he sat down with me, with Nito, and we kind of laid out what it should look like. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I'm going, seem like, it seemed like it might've been over 15, 18 years ago. Yes. Right. But a phenomenal man. And so I shared with you before the program started, I actually went on uh the site executive books i'm going way back and i literally ordered every single book took me years to read them still in them and i ordered every single book because one of the things your dad always talked about was 
you know, leaders are readers and readers are leaders. Mm -hmm. And he shared about how he would give books to his salesmen, to his customers. And I actually started doing that and it made, oh my gosh, the difference it makes in relationships with clients. And actually at my business, and I know we've started the interview yet, but <laughs> this is precursor everybody. <laughs> but as a result of that, I actually uh, implemented a process at my company that said that um, every employee must read, and there were three books, uh, Thinking Grow Rich was one of them. Mm -hmm. um, one of them I did get from your dad was uh, How I Raised Myself. From Failure to Success in Selling. Right. Still a classic. Yep. It, it, it is. And I just recently realized that Frank Becker was the person that the foundation of NSA was founded on because mm -hmm. of his final days. Mm -hmm. now, you know that story. Yes, that's yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and what's the third book? The third one is A Message to Garcia. Oh. We sell hundreds of thousands of that a year. Yeah, it listen, takes 10 I, minutes to read. For our listeners out there, we'll put the link down there. And I love Frank Becker's book too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I don't have to reach far. <laughs> oh, there you go. I know. that's. We still have clients order that. We just did an order of that. Yep. Message to Garcia. <laughs> so, so it's required reading here. And yeah. the Yes, and we purchase the books and we hand them out to the employees, so it's no excuse. Right. But I just believe that the weakest link in the chain, when you talk about leadership and the price of leadership, the weakest link in our chain as small businesses Ooh. is the weakest link in our chain. Uh -huh. <laughs> and that yeah. normally somebody who is not reading mm -hmm. and they're not growing. And so when you're a small business like we are, Tracy, then we need to have our chains strengthened by encouraging our team members, the partners to also have a commitment to personal growth and development. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we do here. And every Monday at 7 a.m. Eastern time, we actually invest in each other by having everyone to come on a short call, you get one minute, to share what you've read. Oh, wow. As employees. So it's about 30, 20 or 30 of us. We don't get 100%, but sometimes we can get as much as 80, sometimes 90%. And because it, everybody's reading something different, or we could be in the same book and at a different place in that book, we're adding value to each other because we could read the same page and get something different. So it's just been a phenomenal opportunity for growth. When you talk about the price of leadership, that's an investment. Oh my God. And you, did you say you do that? Is that a weekly thing or every, every, and we do that at the company every single Monday. Right. Well, I can't, and, and you, you learn to do that and you obviously have that infused in you, but man, that is so critical for companies. And I, it's the lifeblood of small business because unlike bigger bureaucracies, we can't afford disengagement or weak links, like exactly. you said. Exactly. So everybody has to, but I love that you give the books and then they just call in, like you said, for a minute and just say what they're learning. Exactly. Oh exactly. man, that is profound. Exactly. I got to find a way to mirror that. I don't have a ton of people, but there's some other no, way no, in the tribe no, that we can wait, But we only started with two or three people. Really? I, I was a small firm. Okay. Yeah, wow. Yeah, of course. Okay. Of so course. that's great for our solopreneurs or people of like course. me that just have a couple. Oh. Yeah. 
Of I course, we started with two or three people. And actually, my office, my office manager, uh, actually, she's here and she can hear me talking uh, about her. But she likes to tell the story that on the first day that she interviewed with me, I asked her <laughs> if she had read Think and Grow Rich. Mm -hmm. And she said, yes, when I was a teenager, my mom made me read it. So I basically, this is first day interview. So I basically, this is show you how small I was back then. So basically gave her the keys to the office, basically, yeah. and told her how to answer the phone and I left. Okay. So, <laughs> but I knew that any person who walked into my employment, if you came here and you've already, you have already read Think and Grow Rich, you're so far ahead of the crowd. I know. And so these success books, and like you talk about, you know, like your dad with, um, uh, we're talking about the price. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to encourage, if you don't mind, if I can shift that word price to the investment uh, of leadership. Oh my gosh. And I love that. I love that because that's what it is. And that's, that's how you pay is. them. Well, it's just like your 401k. You get out of it. Your, your, your price of retiring well and living well is the investment you put in all along exactly. the way. I love that. Exactly. And we also have a 401k and we also teach investing. So we do a lot of things inside the organization, the mastermind group concept we have inside the company, because again, we invest in our people. And even though as a small firm, very long time ago, I used to say, well, I can't afford it. I can't afford to do this, pay, pay more for the employees, I can't afford the 401k, I can't. And really at the end of the day, we really cannot afford not to. Right. To do it. Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. it has just been phenomenal. So that's I my Charlie Tremendous Jones story. I love that. And talk about an investment pouring into our young people. Your 12 yes. year old, and I can remember when I was a little girl, hey, read this, read Life is Tremendous, read uh, uh, As a Man Thinketh, read How to Win Friends and Influence People. And so the younger you get them, the sooner they see this is what life's about. And exactly. you know, the beauty is even if you're 40 or 50 or 60 listening, it's never too late, but boy, never. it sure is a lot more fun when you're younger. <laughs> exactly. Well, we actually have uh, youth mastermind groups and they actually read Think and Grow Rich every oh, I love Sunday it. for about, an, about 30 minutes as a group of kids. And now Beautiful. we've been doing it now over 20 years. So now the kids now have kids. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I love that legacy learning. And now let's talk, you, you know, you mentioned my dad's price of leadership and he was very, uh, he was very and motivational, but yes. he was also very down to earth and real. Exactly. And he didn't mince words. I think you said it earlier, he could knock you down and then yank you right you back, back up. up. It was exactly. just like life. I'm going to give it to you hard because I love you and I don't want to coddle you, but then I'm going to exhort and build you up. Just so beautiful. But man, did he, he, he would literally sometimes smack you <laughs> or hug you and shake you and be like, Exactly. Exactly. Beautiful. And and exactly. one of the first things he talked about, he didn't mince words about leadership. Uh, he let you know how tough it was. It's glorious, but it is tough as nails. And exactly. the first price he talks about is loneliness. So can you unpack that for me as a leader? When we experience loneliness, when you've gone through it, what got you through it, and what words uh, of advisement um, or counsel you would give to leaders that are listening that may be in a season of loneliness right now? Well, I, I, and I can just speak for myself, mm -hmm. going back to the book, Think and Grow Rich, that talked about having a desire and knowing how much money you want. I think that as leaders, the loneliness is often driven by many different areas of our business and our life. And first starting with the lack of vision. 
because if we don't have a vision as a leader, the loneliness sits in because we're not clear on why are we striving? Why are you putting in the hours? Why are you away from your family? And there's really nothing worse than being at work and you wish you were home Mm. and then being home and you wish you were working. And so you find yourself maybe just traveling in between the two, but not really being in one place. And so one of the prices of leadership in loneliness, I think we can come up out of that by being very clear about goals that are work-driven goals and goals that are family-driven goals, having an affirmation for work, having an affirmation for family. And if I can just share one example, family, loneliness and the price of leadership. Oftentimes we leave our children, we leave our spouse. And what I'm learning from personal experience is just like we make appointments at work for our business with different people. One of my other favorite books is Seven Habits of Mm -hmm. Highly Effective Families. Highly Effective Families. That's about 550 page book that he wrote. Stephen Covey, and I think it's one of the best. We always talk about seven habits of highly effective people, but in my opinion, humbly, one of his Hmm. favorite works, best works in my life and in my family was seven habits of highly effective families because it teaches you how to write and implement a family mission statement. We're talking about loneliness now. Right. And the price of leadership. Mm-hmm. You can make an investment at home, and if you're if you have a significant other, do you have a date night? If you have more than one child, let's say you have three, do you have a date with each child once a month? Because every one of your children want their parent. Yes. yes, I have siblings, but this is my mom. This is my dad. And so that particular book helped me to understand. We're still talking about the price of leadership or an investment that you make. Mm-hmm. So if you want to turn that loneliness into an investment, then one of the suggestions could possibly be having an affirmation for your business. Of course, that's a given, but also having an affirmation statement for your family where everybody participates in the writing, but also as a strategy, have a date, even if it's once a quarter, may not be once a week, may not even be once a month. Mm -hmm. But if you have three kids and they each know once a quarter, I have a date with my parent and nothing but nothing is going to come before that. And it's written in ink. It can be in the evening. It can be on the weekend. And I used to do that with my youngest daughter. We had a 5 a.m. appointment for breakfast once a week school sports and before i could get up she's dressed and ready we're talking about elementary school junior high school through high school and so again we're talking about the price of leadership and loneliness and i i would suggest to all of your listeners that one of the ways to overcome that is to have specific plans on what's most important and why Mm. you work beautiful thank you 
I love that, Anne. Oh my goodness. Okay. So the next thing he talked about was weariness. Mm. And like dad would say, there's miserable, miserable, and there's happy, miserable, you know, because life is tough for everybody. Okay. Don't, don't think it's not, but, but weariness. And, and he really talked about, you know, in life, you're going to be going through, there's going to be times where you wonder, why am I the only one pulling the oars here? Um, who's with me? And how do I stay refreshed? Because it's easy, even if you're fighting the good fight and doing and having that definiteness of purpose, we're still human. So can exactly. you share with, share with me how you, how you handle weariness and how you stay refreshed as a leader? Absolutely. And I'll, I'll go back to goal setting because I set goals in every area of my life, okay. Tracy. Okay. And so weariness sets in one for li literally lack of rest, mm -hmm. lack of rest in that we can't burn that candle at both, both ends, if you will. Correct. And so one of the things I had to learn and, and please, all your listeners, don't judge me. This is just my story, okay? Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> I, I, I really do every day, and I would say a good six out of the seven days out of the week, to overcome weariness, I literally go to bed very early, and I'm talking about nine o'clock, but I am one of those three to four o'clock risers every morning. And I have a weird, uh, uh, I was going to say a weariness list. I have a list to keep me from being weary. Mm. I, re I guess I have a, what I call a daily date with myself, a daily date with myself. And I actually wrote a book on this and it's just a journal and it opens up with nothing, just blank pages. Now I'd like to ask a question. You asked me a question. I'm answering yours with a question. So I'm going to ask you this question, Tracy. What's one of the first things you do when you wake up every morning? I come over and I open my devotions. No, she does not. <laughs> I, get up, I get up out of bed. I roll my eyes open. And she probably goes to relieve herself. Yes, true. That's true. She just didn't want to say it on air, but <laughs> I'm going to say it. So imagine this. What if you could not go, Tracy, tomorrow? And what if you could not go the third day? We won't even go into the fourth or fifth day. Wait, no, I, I want to come to weariness. Uh -huh. See, weariness speaks to the mind, the body, and the spirit because we're heavy, right? Christ mm -hmm. of leadership. What I do as a part of overcoming that in my daily date with myself is I think that when we relieve our body, we should also relieve our mind and our spirit on the page mm -hmm. in a journal. So first the body, then the mind, then the spirit, and then read something that's going to be uplifting and yes. encouraging, whether it's a proverb, a song, whatever it is, work for mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. Then to listen to something that's also encouraging, whether it's meditating, whatever it is, because the vibrations and the subconscious mind connects to recharge the day, but also exercise. So I do yoga in the morning mm -hmm. in addition to these things and the weariness that settles, I'm able to keep it, all of it moving. Uh -huh. So for that. me, exactly. So, so the mind, body and spirit to keep it from being as weary, mm -hmm. because again, one of the things that I do in the morning is in my journal, I encourage my mind through the subconscious, okay, to give me 10 
ideas and opportunities every single day. Okay. Yes. See, weariness comes from the mental. Yes. And it settles in the spirit and in the body. And so that's what makes us oftentimes by the end of the day feel so And sometimes people can feel tired and weary when they wake up. Right. But I suggest that it is meant more mental than physical if you just do some exercises on the page and relieve whatever's on your mind on the page. So those would just be some thoughts. I love that. And I never would have thought about that, but that's so right. Like your body gets up and you're putting that to bed. And I, your, your comment about keeping it moving. Lena Horn has one of my favorite quotes. She says, it's not, the, it's not the weight that wears you down or the burden. It's the way you carry it. And so life has challenges even, even on our greatest year. Um, you know, it's still tough, but when you shift that exactly. and get, let go, oh man, and I love that. And then the 10 ideas or opportunities of the day. What is that? Is that, is that specific things you want to get done? Is that tell me what that is no i separate them and so uh in my journal i thought okay yes i separate i actually separate ideas from opportunities okay ideas so, and opportunities are separate all right right and so i have i have five different businesses and so what i would do is i'll take uh one business and i say okay i need 10 opportunities to work on for the day and so in my mind, see, you think about this, regardless of what business your listeners are in, you already have everything you need inside of you. So Agreed. you think about people you know, you think yes. about industries you're in, you think about your client, and you think about your client's client, and then you can also think about your client's client client. Yes, yes, And so yes. what I, right, 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 right. So what I do is, I will write my client, I'll either one through 10, and I will write my client. So let's say my client is a contractor. I'm in a, I'm in the construction industry. So let's say my client is the contractor. Mm -hmm. And so then I'll write my client's client, because my these are opportunities, I add value to my client by having a relationship with my client's client. Mm. And I have a relationship with my client's client, I have a better relationship with my client's client client. And therefore, I am ensuring that all levels I am connected in relationship to my client because I'm wow. adding such great value and benefits that he would not think of using anybody other than moi. <laughs> and so I do that every day from one to 10. And sometimes I get to like seven or eight and I sit there and I say, nope, I'm not moving. I'm talking to myself and the spirit whoever you worship, you don't have to worship anybody. Right. But I'm talking to the infinite intelligence and I'm saying, you've got to give me one more. Right. I, but if an idea comes, that's not necessarily an opportunity, then I put it with the ideas. Okay. I, I keep them separate. Beautiful. I have no, oh my gosh, Ann, that's incredible. Okay. So loneliness, weariness, the next one is abandonment. And my father always said that we need to stop thinking about what we like and want to think about or like and want to hear from people in favor of what we ought and need to be focusing on. So I really look at abandonment as focusing on what you need to and, and parceling off of the rest so you can get hyper-focused on that. What does, what does abandonment, I mean, you obviously are highly regulated, highly structured. How do you stay on the mark? Because you cannot be doing what you're doing if you don't don't stay really tightly delineated. Well, I think that we're all human and we do have our weaknesses, if mm -hmm. you will. And sometimes it can be something as a post 
something on social media. It could be something on the news. Right. But I made a commitment to myself, literally, to invest one to two hours, and oftentimes it's in travel with something on my head, to really keep me focused, but laser focused, and my office knows I'm one of those people that almost every 30 minutes to an hour, I have scheduled. So the downside of that in terms of abandonment is learning how to say no Mm. and letting go. Right. And sometimes when things don't go the way we think they should, it's ego. And the growth, internal growth, is really, really sometimes in the abandonment and just letting it go. Mm-hmm. And if it's for you, it comes back, whether that's a person or an opportunity. And if it's not quickly, uh, the quicker we can do that. And, and of course it takes practice in the beginning is hard. All right. The more we do it, the easier it becomes. Oh, man, I, I love that. And you talk about that sometimes abandoning it is, it's our own selfish desires that we're here for something bigger than ourselves. Yes. And it's humbling. And, and sometimes, you know, abandonment is also pruning um, because if you're going to get that explosive growth, you have to get rid of all these suckers and all these other things <laughs> that are draining your resources um, and whack it back. So that can all get channeled into the new growth. So, exactly. I mean, and, and sometimes Tracy, sometimes that also comes with service too. It comes with what? Sometimes it comes with the spirit of service. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Abs- well, and I think, I think that humility, man, that's, that's, we are our own best clients and our own worst enemies. Exactly. And I love how you got You got to watch that. Yeah. I love that. All right. Anne. So the last price my father talked about was vision. And my dad was one of the most, um, he was not one of the most formally educated, but as far as wise, you know it. And yes. he just, he was such a visionary as you are, but it was, I think sometimes people are like, well, visionary, I'm not gifted like that. And it's like, he would say, everybody's a gifted visionary because vision is simply seeing what needs to be done and then doing it. Exactly. You're not a theoretical, you know, talk about it, but just actually message Garcia. He just said it. He just did it. So can you explain to me how you grow in vision and clarity and how you cast that? You've got all these businesses. How do you keep people fed on the vision? Well, you know, interestingly, when you said that, I went, I really went all the way to the back of the book in my mind. Uh, I remember as your dad was passing, and I think you and I may have had this conversation, and it was about the fact that he did not want to see or talk with anybody unless he was leading them to the afterlife. Yep, that's right. And so starting with the end in mind, mm. it is easier to have the vision of what's possible. And so what I did help to help me with my vision is in the beginning, process going back to 1979, 1980, I wrote, my, I wrote my obituary. And in writing my obituary and reviewing every year as a part of my annual assessment, it helps keep me focused on really what's most important. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, it helps me to connect everything I do, like Nito Cobain says, is intentionally congruent. And I'll give you an example. So International Mastermind Association came out of the book, Think and Grow Rich, How to Start and Form Mastermind Groups. From the mastermind concept, I started MCO Construction. I'm a licensed general contractor over 40 years. 
from the construction company, I started a consulting company. And my consulting company consults Fortune 500 companies that's in the construction industry that work, that are publicly, uh, the privately, private companies mm -hmm. that work on public land. Okay. From helping in the consulting, I started constructively speaking. And in the process of all of that, I'm the founder of a National Association for Black Women in Construction. Now, all of those are connected to one vision. So it's not five different things. It's one mm -hmm. focus that is repurposed five or six different ways. Beautiful. And so I, I think that uh, at the end of the day, it's, again, I say it's all in the spirit of service. And I think that um, Zig Ziglar may have said it best. And I think your dad lived it best mm -hmm. in terms of a visual. Mm -hmm. And Zig said, said that, you know, we're going to be dead a lot longer than we're going to live. So do we have a plan for that? That's I have never heard it said like that. That is absolutely beautiful. Boy, that really puts it in perspective too. Yes. Oh my God. Okay, so Anne, we've covered the four prices of leadership and you have given me such, such great insights and just your encouragement. I mean, you are, you're a real blessing to me. What else would you like to share with our leaders that we may not have touched on uh, through your leadership journey that you would just like to share with them? You know, I, just, I would say two things, if I may. Number one, you must have a dream to have a dream come true. Hmm. And I think somewhere along the way as leaders, when we're paying the price, we lose sight of the vision and the dream. And oftentimes we can be on that treadmill called business that yet we left a family at home. The second thing that I would say and share is if anyone had told me when I started my business 40 years ago, and this is a leader, whether you're internal inside of an organization or if you're external as an entrepreneur, I would say invest. Invest in yourself, but also invest in financial empowerment information mm -hmm. and learn. Somebody had told me then when I started 40 years ago, the power of a $20 bill compounded once a month over 40 years would equate to in excess of six figures. I would have never believed it. Oh my gosh. A $20 bill once a month, not once a day, not once a week, once a month, a $20 bill in the power of compounding. So when we have investment education and we're, when we are financially empowered with the information, I learned that late in life. And so I did that later, but now I am so focused on helping others to learn and have a desire to learn about investing in yourself, but also invest in your financial empowerment, not financial literacy. This is not that conversation. This is about financial education and if I may, I'm a volunteer with an organization called Better Investing. It's a not-for-profit. We don't sell any products or services. That's not what we do. We help people understand how to analyze stocks and how to invest. That's how my daughter ended up becoming the baby billionaire because I would drag her along with me to these classes instead of getting a sitter. 
considering none of us knew she was the only person understanding the information. So <laughs> I, I, I'm very proud. I'm very proud to say that. So again, those two things, uh, you must have a dream to have a dream come true, but in every single area of your life and also invest. So those would be my two. Absolutely. Okay. So how can people get in touch with you, Anne? I know um, you have just really encouraged people and how can they stay in touch with you, find out what you're doing and connect with you? Absolutely. Thank you. I'm on all social media. Mm -hmm. uh, my website is on the screen. It's just annemcneil.com. And I love giving my phone number out because sometimes it's easier to connect. I live on text. So my number is 786-546-0184. Seven eight six five four six zero one eight four. Thank you. Excellent. And we'll put all your links down in the, in the verbiage of this, where this podcast goes out so they can stay in touch with you. And I just thank you so much. I thank you for this timing to get together. Um, I look forward to collaborating and um, working together with you on many tremendous things to come. All right. It's been a tremendous event. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks so much to our listeners out there. Thank you for our tremendous team. And we hope this encourages you to pay the price of leadership. Have a tremendous day. And make the investment of leadership. Amen. You got that right. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Find out more about Dr. Jones at www.tremendousleadership.com. If you've been ignited by something you heard in this episode, let us know by leaving a review for Tremendous Leadership wherever you listen to podcasts or by sending us a message through www.tremendousleadership.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.